climb any wall for her. I'll climb any wall for her. Crawl into the dark for her. Crawl into the dark for her. Reach into the fog for her. Reach into the fog for her. She's in my arms. She's in my palms. I'm into comic books. Figures on the wall. She's into looking good. Vicky sees catalog. And she loves my flaws. Yeah, yeah, she's not ashamed. I'm a Peter Parker. She's my Mary Jane. Episode 164 for January 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on the Spider-Man Graphic Novels hardcover. This one collects all the oversized books from the 80s and 90s. It starts Spidey. It includes the book titles called Hookie. Parallel Lives, Spirits of the Earth, and Fear Itself. Now, not to be confused with the recent many. This one happened back in the 90s. It has writers like Stan Lee, Jerry Conway, and Pencils by Charles Vess, Ross Andrew, and Alex Sadek. The cover price is $34.99. Mail order has it for just $21.69, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. She's my Mary Welcome, Webheads, to our first show of 2012. Let me introduce this panel, because it's changed literally minutes before the show started. We've got George Behrman, an administrator on the message board. Any New Year's resolutions, GB? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to resolve to be uh, try to be a little more sexy. Oh, wow, there you go. If I can. Good thing this is an audio, not a video podcast. Uh, we... <laughs> <laughs> We have a very sick Josh Bertoni who's battling the flu, but he decided to uh, make the college try and be on. Thank you, Josh. Hope you feel better. I should have listened to my Aunt May and wore a jacket when I went outside. <laughs> and we have Donovan, our reviewer of the Amazing Spider-Man title on the front page. And Don just started a new podcast, non-Spider-Man related. Tell me a bit about that, buddy. Well, I'll keep it short just to you know keep it non-Spider-Man related. But it's the Next Dimension, uh, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. Myself and Jesse Garrett are... Rolling through the uh, Dragon Ball Z anime and manga series, and uh, we just had our first episode, and um, feedback has yeah. been pretty positive. So uh, thank you for the brief uh, fifteen-second plug. <laughs> and Dragon Ball Z is it still on the air, or did it go off the air? I'm, I'm, I had known nothing about Dragon it Ball. It is um, originally it ended in '95, but when it came over in the states, like three years later, it became it became popular. So they're still making like content, like video games, and um, uh, okay. extended. It's like Star Wars; they're making like extended. Uh, Universe stuff, but like the main the main series ended, but it's still it's still like popular, so we figured might as well make a show cool. about it. If anybody's interested, what's the address? How can oh, I get it? Uh, DBZNextDimension.Libson.com. There you go. And it's on iTunes Free as well. Plug. Thanks. Free plug. And we have Zach from SpideyDude.com, and you have a very slick new redesign of the website, sir. Looks great. Yeah, the uh, the redesign took us several hours. Me and Gerard Della Tour did it over an uh, evening and uh, very excited about it. So. Yeah. Awesome. So check that out. And we're gonna, let's start off the show. We've got uh, some iTunes reviews. Uh, we're going to hit the – we've got one from the United States, and then we're going to go to the U.K. Sweet. And the, fir- the first one is from – oh, let me see here. It'd help if I was prepared for this, wouldn't it, gang? All right, I'm going to read one from the United States on my phone and read the U.K. ones on my computer. So the one from the United States, 
the subject is the best podcast out there. is written by Spencer Crilly on December 5th. He says, quote, the title says it all, really. If you're a fan of Spider-Man and Marvel like myself, or if you're just looking for a great podcast to listen to, this is it. This got me into the podcastingness. But each person on the panel has their own role that fits so well. Brad, Zach, Jr., Kevin, Josh, George, and Bailey know their Spider-Man. It is a good amount of humor. And it's great to hear what other Spider-Man fans think of the comics, films, and anything Spidey. Overall, a perfect podcast. And I highly recommend this. Download now. Seriously. By the way, Brad, keep laughing, man. We're laughing with you. Awesome. Very Thank nice, you, Spencer. Very nice to have no, no doubt. I, mean, I should mention that... We, uh, JR had something come up. Kevin, uh, has a lot of schoolwork, and Bailey is working. So if you're wondering where those three are. Okay, going over to the UK. Uh, Alex909, uh, subject title Laugh Out Loud Fun. I've been listening since the beginning of the show, and I've always enjoyed the podcast. Everyone brings their own take to the show, and all the hosts have a great dynamic with them. Hey, we got chemistry, guys. Must be. Science. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Don, that was your cue. <laughs> I was looking at my Science. <laughs> Every episode has laugh out loud moments and always brings the funny. Only drawback is the slight negativity from certain members where they will continuously bash whatever Marvel does and be incredibly pessimistic about future events. Huh. All right. Uh, but it, Don. <laughs> okay, okay. when he says certain members, let's all be honest here. He's talking about you, Brad. I know it, I know it. That glass is... I, I have a hole in the bottom of the glass. It's half empty. Most notably in the Miles Morales debate from earlier this year, which was 2011, <laughs> apart from this is a highly recommended podcast which will entertain you and keep you coming back month after month. Four out of five stars. So, Alex, thank you for that. Uh, let's see. We're going to the Zeppo. Isn't that a lighter? That's, uh, yeah, isn't that, that like a blend? Zeppo. The Zeppo refers to like, um, like a, the Zeppo is more like a straight man. Like, okay. Like from the Marx what? Brothers, they had the fourth brother who was Zeppo. That's true. What's what's the lighter though? Is Zippo. that a Zeppo? That's a Zippo. Zippo, got it. Anyway. Yeah, on my phone. This is the <laughs> his handle is the Zippo. Uh, fun Spidey theme podcast, three out of five stars. Uh, at times, this can be real, a really fun podcast. The host is enthusiastic. Why? Thank you. Professional. Thank you. Yeah. And truly cares for the subject matter. His usual group of panelists offer a variety of interesting opinions, though the reviews claim they're often critical are not misplaced. They do support their views with evidence, or at least a convincing argument. The panel review, the recent issues of Amazing Spider-Man, discuss interesting news stories. Unfortunately, uh-oh, <laughs> guest panelist George oh, <laughs> always ruins my enjoyment. <laughs> He's going for you, George. Here we go. Right. He seems to have lost all enjoyment for the hobby and only reads the books when he has to. His reviews are usually unsupported by evidence. Aww. That, no, whoa, whoa. That's flat-out bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's flat-out bullshit. Oh, I know. He, he, uh, back to Claiming it's stupid because it's stupid, and regardless of the news story or comic, he will dismiss it as a fail or money-making scheme by the comic company in discussion. However, I would recommend this podcast. Not that it's... <laughs> Brad Douglas is awesome. No, 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 no. This podcast, 9 out of 10 times, is they offer entertaining features and discuss a variety of topics in a fun way. George, rebuttal if you'd like. I just gave my – well, I mean, no, that's bullshit. I, every time I say something that I don't like, I do back it up. 
I talked about, you know, things that we've seen before and why something doesn't make sense or why Peter Parker wouldn't act a certain way or I question why anybody should give two dams about Carly Cooper, which I'm not the only one that does that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, no, that's, that's a bunch of BS. I'm sorry. I'm glad okay. you like this podcast, but that's bullshit. All righty. Uh, best po- uh, Steven Spidey Site UK Broom. Uh, says, best podcast out there. Five out of five stars. A must-listen. A fantastic podcast discussing all things Spider-Man. Brad, Jr., Professor Bailey, Stella, Kevin, Spidey Dude, and Zach, and the occasional appearance by the god of the Delta House, George Berriman, and Bertoni for the Spider Jeopardy. Great roundtable discussion of all Spidey media. Has great guests come on all the time. Has even an appearance by Stan Lee, John Romita, well, John Romita Jr., and even Spider-Man himself, Josh Keaton. The podcast also allows you to post questions to the cast, and some of the answers were epic looking at the Morbius getting eaten by a shark answers. <laughs> Love the show. Keep it up, and don't let negative reviews change your awesome the way you are. From Stephen Broom. Thanks, Stephen. That was nice. All right. Let's see. Uh, Iron Leg... <laughs> Iron Leg 008... One zero nine. <laughs> awesome podcast. Five out of five. Guys, after listening to your recent episode and hearing all the negative reviews, I had to write something. I usually don't write reviews, but I had to say something. Your podcast is friggin' awesome. After listening to a lot of Spidey podcasts, I love yours and have started downloading all your episodes and going through them. I'm 36 years old and have been reading Spidey books for 25 years, and I agree what you guys said, that you do need to make comparisons to do reviews or it doesn't make sense. I love the old Spidey stuff as well as the new, and I think all errors best suit the errors in which it was written. I will say my favorite artist for Spidey is Todd McFarlane. His art was tight. I hope I did not ramble on too much, but big up and keep up the great work you guys are doing. Iron Leg from London. Thank you, Iron Leg. I'm, I'm going to adopt a big up into the common parlance. Just, you know, <laughs> just whenever somebody needs to step up, say, you know what, you need to big up. You need to big up, baby. All right. Uh, two more we've got. Jay Clifton, subject title, Keep Them Coming, four out of five stars. Loving the podcast. Been listening to them forever. Great reviews. I love all the honesty. It makes a refreshing change to hear a solid review and not trash other podcasts, and not the trash other podcasts produce. Wow. Jay from Swindon, England. Thank you, Jay. And the last one is from Adam Drew, five out of five stars. Great podcast, guys. I've been listening to this podcast since day one, and it's always been very enjoyable, informative, and fun to listen to. Keep up the great work. Glad you sorted out the iTunes problem. Was getting very anxious about catching up. So those are all our reviews from the UK. Thank you again. If you'd like to uh, leave a review, just go into iTunes, type in Spider-Man. It's the first thing you'll see under podcasts. All right. Okay, hold on, shit, we just lost Zach. Where the hell did he go? <laughs> half an hour ago. Half an hour ago? Was I rambling that much? Always something. Zach's been gone for, like, the whole review section. Oh, well, son of a... I think it's like the iTunes reviews? Yeah, we, I just read, like, eight of them. I'm Zach's sorry. like, yeah, let's get to them. <laughs> you missed sorry, it. Zach. They all talked about how much you suck. <laughs> Thanks, George. I love you, too. Uh, I miss you so much, buddy. <laughs> hugs all around. All right, let's t- start off with uh, some Spider-Man news. Uh, the comic book movie website had an interesting scoop. I don't know if it's a scoop. 
Uh, and they said that Christopher Waltz is possibly going to be playing Norman Osborn in the new Amazing Spider-Man movie. He, Christopher was in that Inglorious Bastards movie where he was that evil Nazi guy. Uh, One of them. There, well, yeah, that doesn't narrow it down, does it? <laughs> wow. He was the main. Now, the way the comic book movie... Uh, website found out about this is I think they saw like either a Netflix uh, screen capture or something. Where? Well, let me pull that up. Where did they see it? Here it is. Uh, oh, I guess it was on Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's from your game system. Yeah, exactly. And it uh, wait, had wait, wait, the Brad. Of the, yeah, the Xbox or the Xbox 360. How far back are we going here? <laughs> We're going to Xbox One. He was playing Halo One, and uh, no, anyway, you could download the theatrical trailer from Columbia Pictures on your Xbox and watch it. That's cool. And it, in the cast, it said Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Martin Sheen, and Christopher Waltz under the cast. So they wondered if Columbia sent that out in error or it was a slip up. So, what do you guys think of that guy playing Norman Osborn? Um, well, actually, despite name dropping and Glorious Bastards, I've yet to see that. But so I don't know yeah. how how good of an actor he is. If this is a mistake, then it's a pretty like ridiculous mistake that Columbia needs to stop making. Um, but looking at him, I'm, I, I suppose he could probably play like a since this movie's going to have like an Ultimate Spider-Man feel. I'm sure he could play like an Ultimate Norman Osborn kind of guy just from looking yeah. at him. Anybody else, George? What do you think of him as Norman? Um. My first reaction uh, was, who? Yeah. <laughs> um, my second reaction was, it, it boosts up everything that I said about this, was that they're doing all of this on the cheap. They're going with people who haven't worked in a long time, who they can probably get for a little, or people who are whose careers are just starting, who they can pay very little, with a director that they don't have to pay very much, and who they can just, you know, who's not like one of these visionaries like Raimi. You know, you just pay this guy and say, well, this is what we want. This guy's going to turn it in because, you know, he's still fairly new in his career. So it's it's just, I mean, as soon as I had to, had to say who, that to me, yeah, it's just, it, it's the same thing. They're they're doing this on the cheap. They're just trying to, like, um, sort of maximize profit, which is fine, I guess. I, but, you I mean, but see, the thing here, Brett, when you heard William Defoe was going to be Green Goblin, you could already see yeah. him doing it in your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you heard, hey, Christopher Wallace is Norman Osborn, what popped into your head? I, I had to Google his name. <laughs> I really Christopher did. Christopher Walsh popped in my head. See what I mean? I mean, he brings – if you're going to play Norman Osborn, shouldn't you bring some balls or some heft or something? Shouldn't, shouldn't there be some weight to that? Now, to play devil's advocate to your argument, uh, who's Christopher Reeve back in 1978? No, that's different, though. Dude, you've, they've never yeah. cast a, like a big known guy to play Superman unless it's like his voice. Hell yeah! You know what I mean? I mean that's completely that's completely. Well, I'm just I'm just saying a. Yeah, who did they get to play Lex Luthor? They got to play Gene Hackman, who everybody knew who the hell he was. That's true. That's true. But I'm just saying that an unknown actor. Or, uh, they've uh, cast they've cast a known actor since movie they, like uh, Emma Stone, Andrew Garfield, no, no, no. Martin I, Sheen. I said I said actors who haven't done anything for a long time. Hell, Sally Field's Oscar winner. You know, but, but, I mean she hasn't done shit lately. She hasn't From done anything Norman in a long time. <laughs> you know, same thing with Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen hadn't done anything except, uh, you know, uh, protest, whatever. You know, and and this, I mean, all these people, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone. I mean, yeah, they've been doing stuff, but they haven't been doing stuff for long. 
they're not superstars yet. I mean, I think Emma Stone will be one day. Yeah. But Josh, do you like this casting? I'll have to see the movie. Um, which guy was he in Inglorious Bastards? Was he the was he, he the guy with the, with the milk? Yes, that was him. Okay. Um, it's hard for me to imagine him without like offering um. What, what was what was that girl's name like Susanna or something or something like that yeah like with I, it's hard for me to imagine it without offering her milk and I haven't seen the movie in a while and I, I don't know if he has a German accent dude or not if you're either. gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna cast a Marvel villain in something see that, that Bertoni was just like I don't know which guy was he that just I mean that backs up what I'm saying I mean you should be like like when you heard Hugo it off I don't care if he's I don't care what his filmography is as long as he pulls it off so I'll just see if he pulls it off. I don't know. I mean, like, but when you heard Josh, when you heard Hugo Weaving was going to play the Red Skull, didn't you already have a picture of that in your head? No, because I don't know who Hugo Weaving is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, we know him from the Matrix movies, Mister Anderson. You know? I have never seen mm-hmm. movies, Lord of the Rings. True. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Zach, we haven't heard your two cents. What do you think? Bah humbug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. I, I pretty much agree with whatever what already been said. I can't really add anything more than, than that. So, all right, maybe he wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> you know, another thing that uh, the the um, movie related uh, slowly the pictures of the lizard have been appearing online. Like last month, we talked about how Pez got the scoop. <laughs> Everybody. And, and now Megablocks has some images of the lizard on their toys, and then there's a remote control lizard or something like that, which just sounds naughty. Uh, <laughs> that just sounds the, like a truck stop on a Saturday night. Remote. I know, and the it joystick for the to remote you, control. Brad, but I mean, what does it? I mean, like, well, uh, <laughs> like, watch this, Brad. Oranges. Ooh. He's going to giggle. Orange, and we're like, what? How is that sexy? What are yeah. you talking about? With, with Muppets. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, why why hasn't Sony... I think Sony has been behind in the marketing of this throughout the production of it. Because the first image we saw of the costume was him shoving his junk in some dude's stunt guy's face. And then like a couple days later, we're like, oh, here's a Photoshop. Version. Oh, no, wait. The first time we saw the costume was that, that image of him like walking down the street with a backpack. We didn't see the mask, though. Marketing costs well, they, money, Brad. Well, that's true, but dang. Well, uh, wh- I think the first official image came out after the the stuntman junk incident, and then now the lizard has been scooped by Pez and the toys. <laughs> the stuntman junk incident. Through the 11th. Well, um, how long is this going to Sony these guys out to the marketing of it. I mean, as soon as the lizard appeared on a Pez, if I was marketing for Sony, I'm like, damn it, we need to get a Photoshop image of the lizard out ASAP. And here we are two months later, and we still don't have an official image. Why is that? It says SWAT lizard. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Brad, a lot of times what this stuff means, like when we'll know, like, if they advance uh, screen it for critics or not. Because, like, when they don't advance screen it for critics, that means it hasn't tested well internally and that they expect it to, to be panned. And, that they expect yeah. it, and, and they don't want people to stay away from being, reading bad reviews. Um, yeah. So that, that may be it. I mean, all their stuff internally may be telling them people don't like this. But when that happens, you're too far invested, in it, and so you try to limit the damage as well. I mean, because look at how much people complained when that god-awful suit came out. 
Yeah. You know, and to the point where they had to no, look, this is how it looks from this angle with you know so, with bad lighting. Does this have the potential to be like Green Lantern was? This gonna, or, I, I don't I don't feel good about this at all, no. And I'm I mean, sorry, it, I, I know I'm being negative about something Marvel related, but it just I surprise, don't surprise. I don't, yeah, good, <laughs> I don't get a good buzz on Well no, see that's bullshit. I mean I love Captain America, I love Thor. Yeah, you know, but no one ever remembers that. It's just Mr. Negativity. But no, I don't get a good vibe from this. I don't. I, I, I'm wary of this, big time. I mean, it's I, my it, spider it sense is going be, off. <laughs> it has the potential to be overshadowed by Avengers, and it has the, the potential to be overshadowed by the Raimi movies. Or yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you know, I, I will. I will agree. I will agree that I think the marketing isn't as strong as it needs to be. And I would, George is probably right that is is due to cost effectiveness because. When they were announcing like Spider-Man Four, McGuire was charging up and out the ass for money. But all that said, I still think, I, I'm still excited to see it because I don't think it looks that bad. But there, there are there are you know pros and cons to it. Yeah, uh, it, this isn't the Dark Knight Rises or anything like that where they're I don't I don't know if like they care about as much as like releasing these picks and when the stuff is spoiled. <laughs> We're like yeah. <coughs> with the Batman movies when they reveal like the pictures of like Joker or Bane, like that's a big deal. That's an event. Uh, I don't think that they feel the same way about this, but no, I think they're they're secure that it's going to make a lot of money, and I think they need to work a little. I harder. think they're secure I, that it's going to make not as much money as as maybe a Spider-Man Four with Toby and the rest of them would have. Yeah, but that they're. I think they're scared with like doing too much marketing. They don't want it to be another Superman Returns or another Green Lantern or another, you know, where they spend just as much money marketing as they did making the damn thing, and then it tanks. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, mean? I would agree with that because I think Spider-Man Three, no matter how good or bad it, it might have been, I it seems to me that like in the years since that movie came out, the whole Spider-Man movie franchise, in terms of like I don't know, online uh, opinion, has kind of gone down, and maybe that's affected how Marvel of the movie. Well, of, of three? Well, I think people, to me, it seems like when people talk about three, they say, well, three just shows how bad the whole trilogy really was. And I think people still like the first two movies, but there's a consensus that the first two movies weren't as good as people thought they were due to like what, how three kind of represented the thing as a whole. And I'm, I'm wondering if that the, affected the, this. The thing is about three is I think everybody agrees it's the weakest of the three. Easily. However, however it made the most money of the three. You know, I didn't even see it in theaters. Oh, yeah. When when th- when three came out, um, I just wasn't. I didn't have a, a big. There wasn't. There was nothing grabbing me by the sack and saying, "Hey, go see this." <laughs> the way that there was with the first two. Uh, and I didn't. You know, I, I didn't see it until it came out on. I didn't see it until it came out on Blu-ray, and then you know when I saw it, I didn't hate it as much as like the rest of the world did. And I was kind of shocked. I, it was it was weak and it had problems, but I didn't hate it. Right. All right, another bit of Spider-Man news that came out this past month. Uh, I know a lot of the panel is a big fan of the 1990s Spider-Man animated series. What? what? <laughs> Wait, there was a and Spider-Man ever- cartoon in the 90s? It, there was. Now, refresh me, never- everybody everybody except George. Uh, the, the, <laughs> there were 65 episodes, correct? There was 65. Five seasons, and Mary Jane, he married Mary Jane, and she tur- ended up Becoming a water clone from Hydro Man, is that right? I'm afraid so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That evidently. And see, 20- and, and Steve, that still would have made more sense than one more day. 
I would agree. So, of Conway's clone saga because when in Conway's clone saga, Gwen Stacy dies, then she shows up out of nowhere again, seemingly alive. Peter gets involved with her, and it turns out she's a clone. But because it was the '90s show, instead of Mary Jane dying, she falls into a porthole. And <laughs> a just, time yeah. dilation accelerator portal. Ha <laughs> oh, Anyway, a lot of fans were ticked that they only had one. Was it one or two episodes to wrap the whole show up? Two episodes. They had two episodes, and you never know. You never knew what would happen to Mary Jane. So. Okay. To be fair, they thought okay. they were getting a sixth season, so they left okay. it. They left it. And John Semper, the executive producer of the show, did an interview and said the reason why we we ended it the way we did was because we thought we were going to get a sixth season. And season six was going to be Madam Webb and Peter going back in time and finding, you know, uh, Mary Jane and – Like the doctor. Yeah. So anyway, this is what's new with it. Twenty years later, a group by the name of Influence Films, which is actually the filmmakers, uh, Jason Damien – uh, lives pretty close to me up in Kansas City, Kansas. He is going to make a fan film called Spider-Man The Lost Episode, which is a fan finale of the cartoon. It's not going to be car- animated. It's going to be live action. And Mary Jane is going to be voiced by Sarah Ballantyne, who Josh interviewed at Comic-Con and was also the voice of Mary Jane in that animated series. So, and Mike Vaughn, who voiced Spider-Man in the Web of Shadows video game, is going to be a voice in Spider-Man in the fan film. So, Josh, you talked to Sarah Ballantyne. You were wondering what she was doing, and you finally got your answer. Yeah, she mentioned this, and then, like, the story got cut off, and I was like, yes, yes, go on. Um, The funny thing about Mary Jane's fan is there was an interview with um, someone who produced... There was an interview with what? I didn't hear you. Someone who worked on the series... Okay, and it's really funny. Like he says that it bothers him that they left Mary Jane in that porthole when the series ends, and he says like some days I just think to myself she's still in there somewhere spinning around crying for help. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is fan made, so it's not like the real continuation. I mean, it would be no different if I, you know, went onto fanfiction.net and wrote a story about how Peter found Mary Jane. It does have a little bit more legitimacy because (coughs) I'm. You know, it has one of the video game voice actors, and it has the actual Mary Jane, which right. I think is cool, but, I mean, it's not the canonical ending. I, I'm glad that these guys are doing this, and I'll, I'll check it out, you know, for the 90s nostalgia, but, I mean, it, it's a it's a fan film. This isn't, like, at last Mary Jane's going to be found. I loved the promo, though, where Sarah Valentine's like, Spider-Man never found his true love, me, until now. <laughs> <laughs> Don, what do you think? You're a big fan of the show. Oh, yeah. I, I reviewed the whole series. Um, I know. I Well, yeah, I, I kind of with Josh because it's, it's not canon to the show, so it doesn't mean as much, but it is kind of cool. And, you know, because of the age we live in now, where there's a lot of fan output and you know, fan edits and um, fan films, I suppose it's kind of inevitable that someone actually tried to film him fighting Mary Jane because it really was like, like the, an, an annoyance of all the fans of the show. Like, you know, why didn't we uh, – See, I wasn't that bothered by it, but um, I agree. It was cool that they got the voice. Um, I saw the promo for it on the front page, and um, I mean, fan costumes are fan costumes. I, I've seen worse, but I, I liked I like Carnage just saying, "Hey, man," because that's just like Carnage from the show. <laughs> so, it, well, I thought I, I thought it ended fine with him meeting Stan Lee. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but the the whole Mary Jane dangling plot thread thingy, blah blah blah, that just didn't work. 
Right. What do you think of it? Uh, I'll I'll check it out for pure nostalgia's sake, and you know, I I, I have low expectations. It's kind of like I have about as much expectation of this fan film as I do Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> so. Uh, and George, did you never watch the show back in the nineties? I was in college, so I, I slept in on Saturday mornings. I was in college also. Um, yeah, and there were cartoon shows I did follow. I loved the Dick back then. I could not oh, yeah. get into the Spider-Man cartoon because I number one, I hated his hair. <laughs> uh, I hated the way they did Peter Parker's hair. Um, number which which is kind of funny because it's going to dovetail into something I'm going to talk about in six seventy five. Um, oh. <laughs> I didn't like the way that they did Aunt May. Why? There was just a, I, I just didn't, there was a lot of stuff I didn't like it. I, when when you at the same time you had Batman the animated series on. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I mean that when that should have been the gold standard for any other animation that was coming out then. I mean because because next to that this show looked I, and I'm sorry I don't want to piss off all these fans of it. I know people love it, but to me it looked like crap. The animation. And I look was... at the Batman cartoon, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" And I look at the Spider-Man cartoon, I'm like, "Okay, I like Spider-Man more, but this is actually this look there is good." To be, could this be to a, a to be, uh, to be, to be honest? I was gonna say real quick, just to be straight, like the Batman cartoon actually did influence what happened in the '90s cartoon in that there was so they had so much of a big budget for that for that series, and the censor notes were a lot uh, a lot less strict on that show that two years after that came out when spider-man came out fox said okay we don't want to do that anymore so there was a lot more sense there's a lot more production notes and john Sepper talks about that's why it wasn't as good as they hoped to be with the repeated animation and stuff it's pretty much because of btas dude even yeah. even the tick i thought had better animation than the spider-man cartoon so i just i, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't get into it and now i if the story is good i can put up with bad art in a comic book or art that i don't like but I can't do it in a cartoon because in the cartoon, the art is it. Now, George, what is the best Spider-Man cartoon in your opinion? Because you don't like Spec Spidey and you don't like the 90s. What's your favorite? Um, MTV. Probably, I mean, for me, it's probably it's probably the one from when we were kids, right? It's probably Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah, that's my favorite, too. But I, I like Spec a lot more than you do, though. Well, I think I, that's, <laughs> that's just... I, I'm never... I, <laughs> I'm such a big Spider-Man fan. I, I'm probably not going to be happy, ever really truly happy with anything. Which, which it kills me because with Batman and all the DC crap that went on for oh I don't know 20 years, I loved that. That was awesome. All the crap, Batman, Superman, JLA, all of that was fantastic. Yeah, and I look that's at, why I have high hopes for the Ultimate Spider-Man because I think the Avengers has been solid. Well, I, you know, really it's, 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 it sounds like it's ultimatized. Yeah. I mean, Does that you know, come out, just, like, on actual channels? Is that a special channels? It's on Disney XD. That Avengers show is awesome. Yeah. That Avengers really show is just, that floors me how great that is. Yeah. Well, and the and funny thing is, is, sorry. Uh, the funny thing, uh, the funny thing is, is that both the writer and artist for the new Scarlet Spider have worked on the uh, Avengers TV show. So, if you like yeah. the Avengers TV show, you might Check out Yost's Scarlet Spider debut. No, I'm not. I'm not saying okay. Like Spectacular Spider-Man, I thought it was very well done. I mean, just from like I said, like that one time I watched um, the Sinister Six, the Sinister Six stuff. You know, I mean, despite, despite the Vulture looking like the Monarch and the Venture Brothers, um, the the animation <laughs> in that was very fluid and very well done. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, and and I, it was very. It just I didn't agree with all of Weistman's radical character changes, but aside from, I, I just couldn't get into it. The same way as like the '90s cartoon had bad, anima- bad animation and, and worse hair on Peter, and I just I couldn't I couldn't. Get it. <laughs> it was Nicholas Hammond hair. Like, and, oh, I, and I also couldn't get into the Joker being the, the same voice for the Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin, yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and, and George Takei was Wong, Doctor Strange's Wong. I thought that was funny. Oh, was awesome. yeah, and, and you know what else? Um, <laughs> um, George Takei was also Galactus. Ed Asner. Ed Asner was the Kingpin. Yep. No, 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 no. no, he, no, was no. Jameson. <laughs> he was Jameson. He was Jameson. Oh, who, wait, who was, I thought he was the Kingpin. I can, oh, now keep in mind, no. I haven't watched this thing literally since it was on TV. Okay, okay. Who was okay. The First of all, <laughs> Ed Esther was awesome as Jameson. Kingpin was, yeah. uh, was um, oh, shit, uh, Roscoe Lee Brown. And do oh, you know who? wow. The guy from Cosby George? Show? Yeah, he was amazing as well. He Tom, was, I bumped uh, into him in L.A. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Okay, I'm sorry. Here, I'm, I'm going to have to Google Roscoe <laughs> Brown. Hold on. No, I went to L.A. to see a friend of mine. And and I bumped into him in a bar, and I got drunk with him one night. <laughs> you got drunk with Roscoe yes, Brown, this who was, played the Kingpin. This was two thousand. Okay. This was two thousand. I didn't ever know he did the voice of the Kingpin. I would have said something. This was two thousand. Oh my god! This was two thousand three. It was a tiny little bar across from the Holiday Inn, up in the, up in like the Hollywood Hills. He's passed away. Yeah, he just died recently. Yeah, but oh god, he and I got hammered. <laughs> tell me, tell me about that. You walk up to him and say, "I saw you on the Cosby Show." What? I remembered him from the rubbing of the heads episode. Remember that, Don, on the Cosby Show when, 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 because he he played uh, he played uh, Bill Cosby's dad's best friend. Okay. So it was like, a long time. It was like him and his dad, and then Bill Cosby and Bill Cosby's friend. They played cards, and like whoever won got to like humiliate the other guy by rubbing his head. There was a song and everything. It was like it was like the the benign, you know, um, late '80s version of uh, slap bets from How I Met Your Mother. But and and I remember that dude. I was like, oh my god, the rubbing of the heads guy. And he was like, oh, you were a fan of the show and everything. And yeah, I was like, yeah. And I mean, we did. We just had their belting down shots of whiskey. <laughs> And I, I walked back. I walked back to the hotel across the street. His ass drove home. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that was the voice of the kingpin. I would have said something. I always thought Ed oh, Asner was that. Gosh, that's so awesome. He's I love it. Of kingpin for me, like Don and I are always quoting his kingpin lines because he was he was boss at it. I cannot read a kingpin appearance without hearing his voice. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, get get him on the get him on the Spider Man podcast. Talk to him. He's not doing anything right now. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing a lot of I won't, not I can't. All right? He's like Sally, I roll. <laughs> no, hold the seance. Channel him. Do something. Because that guy was fun. I, he, we, had a, we had a good time. What did, what did you talk about when you were drinking? We talked about just, I mean, was what L.A. was like. I don't remember anything because we were here. I was already a little buzzed by the time I got there because I would already come from uh, the House of Blues. Over uh, at the Universal Studios, which is yeah. like right across the street from where I was staying. And so I was already a little, hey, how's it going? And I got over there, and then he came in. I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is like I can't, the most surreal I can't night ever. I've known you all these years, George, and you got hammered with the kingpin. I never knew he was a kingpin, or I would have said something. <laughs> this comes out on the air. I love it. All right. <laughs> Moving all right. on. Yeah, George secret. drunk with the kingpin. To the kingpin. People didn't know he was the kingpin in the show. Yeah. I thought it was Ed Asner. <laughs> the skyscraper and like the skyscraper would open up and like spaceships would come out but like nobody ever <laughs> oh that was another thing I hated I hated that the kingpin had all this like 
high-tech spacecraft. Meanwhile, back in the Kingpin's, you know, giant Secret shield helicarrier. I had the play set that was the Kingpin's lair that looked like the top of the Chrysler oh, building. No. It was that great. explains a lot about you, Zach. Shut up. King, what's it called? King, Kingpin what? Uh, it was kind of, uh, Crime Central is what it was called. Kingpin oh, Crime God. Central. Let me let me Google image search. Commander. All right. All right. Let's see if we if we go to Amazon right now, you could buy the Spider-Man Kingpin Crime Central for fifty bucks. Now see, I, that's that's an unfortunate thing because the toys even were worse than the Batman toys. <laughs> are you are, are you high? <laughs> no, no, he's drunk with the kingpin. That's what he's drunk, <laughs> yeah, drunk with the kingpin. The toys were boss, man. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to defend the toys. I fucking okay. love the toys. Man, are you kidding? Right. Me? We're getting we're getting way off topic, and the we are way off topic. Just, okay, well, in the interest of, of getting us back on topic, I'll give you that right there. Okay, look, okay. look in the chat window. Oh, I'm looking at the chat window. Oh God. <laughs> Well, I can't. Everybody listening I, have no clue what we're looking at. It could be bacon, it could be boobies. It's George, but he's getting drunk with <laughs> No, if it's boobies, it's uh, Brad. <laughs> Moving on to our next topic, uh, who else got drunk with a Spider-Man cast member? No, um, no, you know, I, I, go ahead. I wouldn't have gotten drunk with Ed Asner, though. I just want to say that out loud right now. Been, I would have broke the bottle <laughs> over the bar, and I would have been like, it's, it's you and me, fat man, let's go. <laughs> it's because you both hate spunk. Uh, <laughs> wow! All the people listening have no idea what I just did a Mary Tyler Moore reference. Uh, Spider-Man Christmas-related <laughs> gifts. Let's go around the horn and see what everybody got. Josh, did you get any Spider-Man swag? No. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. No, not even Spider-Man socks or anything. I have Spider-Man socks. I know you can't have enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You saw the pictures of them from San Diego. Exactly. Uh, my Christmas was very, very watered down this year. Uh, ah. uh, I got a gas gift card. Well, that's essential. Yeah. <laughs> I, Don, did you get anything Spider-Man related? Uh, the only thing that's 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 related to Spider-Man is that I got, I got a calendar from my parents that is a Silver Age Marvel calendar, and it has oh, like yeah. a. I mean, it has, you know, it has a Spider-Man comic. It's like I think the uh, the the second appearance of the, the lizard like where where walks where stalks the lizard I think from issue forty something <laughs> yeah but uh that was that was the only thing yeah George any Spider Man related stuff for uh, Christmas I got Spider or uh, I got Thor and Captain America on Blu Ray oh I did I did too and too. and I claim that that's Spider Man related because they're all buddies exactly. and you know I got those because I asked for them because I hate Marvel so much. <laughs> so, you know, just want to point that uh, out there. Zach, anything spider related? Um, no. You got a hoodie. You got that hoodie that George hates. I didn't get a hoodie. I, I did get a hoodie, what? but it wasn't. You know, who, you know who did get a hoodie though? And I forgot to mention, I did. You, oh, you got a Spider-Man they hoodie? Me, no, they got me a blue hoodie, and they were like, "Oh, here, this will keep you warm." And, oh, I mean, it's my parents. What am I going to say? Am I going to look at my mother and say, "You, you know, oh my God, you've you've insulted me to the to my core." You can't do that. I don't want to be a hippie or whatever. So Zach, I'll I'll spray paint some kind of crude spider on there, and I'll just ship it to you, and you wear the damn. <laughs> It'll be like seven sizes too big, but that's okay. Wow, <laughs> seven sizes too big? No, not that much. Probably like wow, two sizes. Jeez, which <sighs> is probably a double XL. Zach is probably a medium, if I had to guess. <sighs> well, apparently, according to Zach, he's negative. He's a negative size. <laughs> seven times the size. Oh my god. Uh, I got uh, a Spider-Man calendar, similar to what uh, Don got. I also got 
uh, Cap and Thor on Blu-ray. Nice. And Ava gave me a Spider-Man Shoots and Ladders game. Aww. Which is really cute. Did you, did you finally uh, get all that Elmo crap settled? <laughs> no, she loves Elmo, dude. I don't know what to do. No, I, I mean, I'm, but that's fine. I mean, she can love Elmo. I like the Beatles. I like Elvis. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> but yeah, if you solve the problem where she's looking at Elmo or Spider-Man and going, Elmo? Oh, oh, yeah. No, now this is even cuter. Instead of looking at Spider-Man and saying Elmo, when she sees Spider-Man, she says Dada. Which Aww. I think is <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I got my box of comics the other day, and there was a Spider-Man on top of it. And she walks over and just points at it and goes, Dada! Aww. And I was like, oh. So it's much, it's so much cuter. Okay, so long as she's not confusing Spider-Man and Elmo anymore, because I was going to call CPS. Okay, but, okay, okay. I have to admit, though, uh, I did get a puppy right before Christmas, and I named him Bitchy. So, (laughs) you named him Bitchy? No, no, Benji, like Benjamin Parker. I thought you should call it Bitchy. Evidently, George has started drinking without the kingpin now. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a beer now because I I I, I don't. I need a no. reason to be this goofy. I'll be right back, Brad. As, as in Riley, right? Well, yes. Exactly. Benjamin as in Riley, and as also as or, or my ancestor that signed the Declaration of Independence was named Benjamin Rush. He was in the delegation with Franklin from Philadelphia. Now I know. Sure, he was. They're cloning sheep, but have they cloned dogs yet? No. Okay. <laughs> now, okay. if you got a clone dog, that'd be something. If I had a clone dog, I'd be like, hey, look, i got a clone dog. <laughs> i got a clone dog, Benjamin Riley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next topic that we're going to be hitting up is uh, in December, I interviewed uh, Peter David. and Great job, wow. by the way. Thank you, sir. That was a fun interview. I, I loved his part talking about. By Hitler. the way, I propose that we eliminate George and add Peter David on because Peter Peter David actually likes me as opposed to. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Peter David said good things about Zach, uh, suggesting that last story for F and Spider-Man. So that was fun. Yeah. But anyway, uh, one thing that sparked a little bit of a debate here and also on CBR was about. Um, when I asked Peter David about the one more day and. Uh, what he thought of it and stuff like that. He said that uh, fans basically will get over that. Actually, no, new fan. What, what, I hate to take it out of context. The, the gist of it basically was that Later down the line. New, new fans eventually come in, and they don't even know that Spider-Man's married. And if you're 60 years old and you're still upset that Spider-Man's not married, you have problems. Is basically what Peter David said. I don't so, know anybody who's 60 who still who has problems about. Spider-Man being <laughs> no, he, uh, well, wait, I, how old is Jr. J- oh. No, what is hang hang on though? What does that say about uh, what does that say about like the like the mid forties guys who had a problem with him being married? Yeah, oh. I don't. I, I did. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't ask him. But that's pretty good. Uh, George, what do you think of Peter David's thoughts about eventually new fans will come in and they eventually don't know that Spider-Man is married and they just have moved on? Um, I don't agree with him. I mean, I, I respect Peter David immensely, and you know, I, there's yeah. a lot of stuff I agree with him on. There's a lot of stuff I don't. But if when when fans come discover something for the first time, if they really like it, they will go back and, and learn the history of something. And in that history, they're going to discover that the character was married. Oh, and sold it away to the devil. And yeah. you know, that's. They may not care, they, or that may be disappointing for them. If they're newer fans, they probably will. They probably won't be able to look at that and say this is something that that character never would have done. Um, 
But, I mean, older – this is going to taint the character for, for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're still talking about it half a decade after it happened, almost. Yeah, that's the latest that line that I've seen online by Mr. Slot, Mr. Wacker, and Mr. Brevoort, how they all – They all have the same line. It's now half a decade later, and you're still complaining. Well, remember originally should, back you then, they were like, on. you guys will – this will – their, their reasoning was when they did this, and they knew there was going to be backlash, oh, this will all be forgotten in a couple of years, three years. Yeah. So this – and every time you can see Brevard talk about it, you, you can see Brevard's bitterness about the, the fact that people haven't accepted his genius wholesale comes through in everything he says on his blog that's Spider-Man related. Yeah. Well, I mean – how do you fi- – I mean, there's no way to fix it unless you you get, what, new management that, that wants uh, well, here's Spider-Man? The thing. I mean, even, even, though, even if you get new management in, this character made a deal with the devil. I got, yeah, Nightcrawler has punched the devil out. Daredevil has punched the devil out. Ghost mm-hmm. Rider, you know, well, first went along with him and did, and, and then, you know, went, went against him. This character made a deal with the devil, and there's been no, nothing negative about it. Yeah. Yeah, Ghost Rider's entire origin is preset upon a One More Day-esque scenario. The only way to fix this, the best way to fix this is if you deal with it and you make it, you know, you make it a big thing. And you bring in heavy hitters like Thor and Doctor Strange and Loki, so who still owes Spider-Man a favor. And, and you make it an epic story, and then you make it – and then somebody like Captain America schools Peter about, wow, you really did a stupid thing. You know, or and then the, like, but but the character has to learn from it. I mean, we don't even have that. You know, yeah. and then the de- to play devil's advocate on the devil question is the 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 person will say, oh well, Mary Jane made the deal with the devil. Spider Man. No 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 no. no, 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 no. will say that, but when you read the issue, Peter, Peter says, says do it. It takes two okay. people to make this, and and Peter is the last one to make the to make the deal. So that was. That was because Quesada and Buckley didn't want backlash, didn't, you know, because they were getting a lot of it. They were getting a lot of, oh, our favorite character just made a deal with the devil. We're a little disappointed. Oh, no, that was Mary Jane that made that deal. Move along. Oh, hey, look at this cover I just did. <laughs> so, well, Josh, we didn't hear from you. What do you think of Peter David's people will eventually just move on? Oh, I think that even if there's new fans that become – that, you know, get into Spider-Man – if they find out along the line that he was married, it might be just one of those, oh, that's interesting things, but they might not care about it as much. I mean, as far as um, a poster on CBR mentioned like, that he disagreed with Peter David saying that people won't even know that they're married in 50 years because that poster said, well, you know, Wikipedia or whatever the 50 years in the future equivalent of Wikipedia is will say that he was married. But unless you're a hardcore Fantastic Four fan or unless you were reading comics in the 80s and 90s, how many people know that Johnny Storm was married? I do, but oh, I wait, no, yeah, yeah. But I mean, okay. I do, but it's not that big a deal. But okay, Elijah, yeah, but, but who it, has bigger? Who has more fans, Brad? Johnny Storm or Spider Man? <laughs> right. Well, also, Elijah and Alicia Masters aren't in the book as much as Mary Jane is. Right, but I mean, you know, right. she, she can be in the book without the marriage being. Met. I mean, it's in the yeah. if a fan gets into it, if the marriage isn't mentioned a lot in contemporary material, and then if a Marvel encyclopedia that like is printed in 2040 has a brief like two sentence mention of it or something, it's most fans aren't going to know unless they really, really, really dig and read yeah. the material. There's a lot well, of. Yeah, well, I mean, how many how many new fans know there was a clone? 
<laughs> well, granted, they're starting a new book well, this month. Well, that, yeah, that's true. But before yeah. that, I mean, a year ago, how many how many new fans you know knew there was a how many new fans know that um, he had a daughter in an alternate universe, or how many fans will know that in twenty years? You know, because she had a book that went on for ten years. Well, actually, you yeah. Let, let's talk about the daughter. How many people know that like that that Mary Jane did give birth to a did give birth or give or you know. Have a miscarriage. How many people know about that? Well, I mean, if we're on a Spider-Man podcast, we of course will know it. The, I guess the assumption is that the new fans will outnumber us old fogies. No, that's, yeah, that's not what happening hoping. at all. That's, that's, what what they, hoping, that's, what, that's what they were gambling on. That's what they wanted to happen, but that's not what we've yeah. seen in the sales numbers. Right. I mean, I, I, don't think, know, I don't know anybody who picked up Spider-Man without reading him ever before uh, One More Day. Brandon Day. I don't know anybody who's like just reading them just based off this current four-year uh, issues. I found that yes. I was married by reading the newspaper strip when I was little, and I was really disappointed because I wanted him to be with Felicia. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, um, when I first got into Spider-Man when I was like five, and I found out he was married, I honestly thought, well, that makes sense, you know, because you can't be a character who is around 50 years and, you know, been like hustling, and then you can't just like not be married around that time. Well, yeah, I mean, anybody who knows the character and knows his upbringing and what his family life was like would look at that and say, yeah, that makes sense. It's the, 40, it's the mid-40s guys in New York who would like to live vicariously and have experiences that they never had in high school through the character that, that have become you know, the sticking point who don't understand the character. Yeah. Mark Wade. Uh, <laughs> Dick move. Dick move. Uh, <laughs> Mark Dick move, Wade. That was, by the way, that was hysterical. Yeah, George, you weren't on last month. That what whole, was your two Oh, songs? God, that, I was howling to that whole dramatic reading. Black thing. That was, that was beautiful. We ought to do that more often. We ought to do that more often anytime Wacker pipes up and there's an exchange between him and somebody. You know, like whenever – like, like if, if it's big enough to make it the bleeding cool and, and it's documented, we, we need to have a reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was proud in, in the role that I played as Mark Wade. Dick, yeah. Mark, Dick yeah, did you like the dramatic reading, George? That was <laughs> I, I did. I was howling, dude. I was howling, laughing. Good job. All right, moving on to reviews. Let's see. We've got two issues this month. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 675, written by Mr. Slot, penciled by... I always have trouble with this guy's name. Oh, uh... Giuseppe. Yeah, Giuseppe Comincoli. Comincoli. And basically this wraps up the two-part Birds of Prey story with the Vulture and his sidekicks. Let's start with Josh. Pro, con, and grade. What do you think, sir? I'm not really that into the Vulture. I mean, he's an okay villain. And there's very few Vulture stories that have blown me away, uh, like the the one where he goes to Aunt May and the beg for forgiveness for uh, killing Nathan Lubinsky. But otherwise, yeah. it's kind of like when you're watching a TV show, and um, and then with an ensemble cast or a superhero show, and when it's an episode with a certain villain, or if it's an episode centered around a certain character, you're like, oh, you know, it's a this is a Family Matters episode about you know uh, <laughs> about <laughs> or Urkel what <laughs> about the drunk uncle, right? So so you 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 kind of t- so that that was my take on this. There wasn't that much in here that like horribly like oh my god, this is like insulting writing like uh, like the previous issue. <laughs> But uh, I, I did not like at the end, though, Peter, like, oh, no, two ex-girlfriends of mine taught together. What am I going to do? As if, first of all, they did that joke. And I know that, like, 
I know that it's very, very petty to say that that's been done before in a Spider-Man comic because, of course, in almost 50 years of publishing, that you're going to have repeated jokes. But this one was done at the end of uh, Web of Spider-Man Volume 2, Issue 12, where he's like, oh, no, Mary Jane and Felicia are friends, even though they were friends before. <laughs> did, he, did he use the Peter Parker senses tingling? No, I gave Don the image because he to use in his review. So if you go to Don's review, the image is there. He's like, "Oh no, my exes are becoming friends. What am I gonna do?" Oh yeah. I mean, that happened a lot in in the Conway run, um, Conway's first run. There was uh, Betty Brant and Mary Jane were always talking together about Peter and the relationship. Betty Brant would give her bad ideas. Yeah, (laughs) not really. (laughs) Is there any pros? It's 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 a vulture story, so again, like it's it's just my personal preference. I'm not gonna say like the things that the things that didn't work for me were just pers- personal taste things. I didn't really care about the vulture story. Um, I guess the idea of Peter and Carly like teaming up, working things from both angles, that was kind of interesting. So yeah, I guess I guess, I guess that'll be my pro. Okay, good to grade. Oh, and and um. Even though I don't like Vulture stories, I like the idea of him as kind of like the kingpin like type figure controlling the gang. You know, he's a little more friendly than he was in a while, so I'll give it a I'll give it a C plus. Okay, Zach, pro con grade, sir. Uh, pro the the pro the pros are. Um, I thought it was an average. I mean, I know this is not really much of a pro, but it's it's kind of an average story, and it was kind of nice to have. A little bit of a, a two-parter after the quote-unquote epic that was Spider Island. So I, I did enjoy the fact that we kind of had something to, to you know, just kind of kind of relax with, and it was just a, just a just a good old-fashioned Spider-Man. Uh, was really to me. Uh, okay, what's your what was your grade? I'm gonna give it a C plus. C plus, okay. Uh, Don, what's your grade? Pro and con and well, grades. <laughs> Okay, big con, the worst con, because <laughs> I just, yeah. I just I just not this remember the second remembered it. On the very first page, like the Daily Beagle thing, mm-hmm. they have at the bottom the NY scene with like the C and scene capitalized for exactly no. Science Hulk Peter Parker spotted with having coffee with sexy CSI ex girlfriend Carly Cooper. That annoyed the hell out of me because I don't the NY's scene. Oh, I see. I don't, it's yeah, supposed I'm to be like a blog or something. Yeah, what? It's on the Greenwich page. It's, it's, T, yeah. it's TMZ-esque, which I don't think anybody with the brain actually likes. And it, I don't think Peter Parker and Carly Cooper are actually that famous. I know Peter Parker should be after all he's done, but like I don't think they're that famous to be saying, "Oh, look, Peter's with that girl. Let's take pictures of everybody." Like, that's ridiculous to me. But um, I think this is exactly the same as the last issue. It's not. It's it's a decent story. It's you know it's a superhero comic. But it, it's not very – I don't think it's entertaining enough to be like, you know, to for people to say, wow, Dan Slauson, awesome. You know, his run is awesome because he wrote fun stories like this. I mean, it's, it's okay. I don't think it's horrible. I don't think it's, it's spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. I like, like like Josh. I don't like I don't like when Peter's romantic life is such to where, like, it's, it's meant to be a joke. I, that's just that's, – that's just lame writing to me. Um, yeah. I don't typically like the vulture. Although I thought I I also agree with Josh that um I I liked how he was done here. Uh, the art is the same as last issue, and I don't think there's no, I don't think there's too much to really say about this issue because not much happened besides a vulture fight. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all, but it wasn't really memorable. And I think is there any 
Any pros to it? I hear a lot of cons. Oh, yeah. oh whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did like – I actually did like how uh, they were in the more computer – or Spider-Man took off his mask and Carly was freaked out. Because I actually think that's an interesting uh, uh, kind of uh, sense of tension with, with Spider-Man and a former girlfriend that besides Mary Jane – Actually, has been done because I know I know there's a Felicia Hardy thing, but when she says, "Yeah, remind me of the Black Cat deal where she couldn't stand looking at his face or whatever," it wasn't it was it was it was, it, it was reminiscent of that. But when Carly yeah, so it's, it's, Carly said it's like your head's photoshopped on someone else's body. I really like mm-hmm. that, that as as a visual, and I thought it was cool yeah. that that was kind of done there. So that was a pro. One thing I like that nobody's mentioned yet is the the upgraded web belt. He's kind of Batman-ish. It's, it's kind of cool. You guys like that? I thought that was kind of neat. He hasn't upgraded his belt in years. I thought that was kind of cool. But... You know, I think with the gadgets, I think he needs to make all these gadgets yeah. a little more regular so we can appreciate them as, instead of just popping them in one story and never use them again. No, that's the, I agree with that. Like, you, you see a, a new costume, and then we've never seen it again. For yeah. an issue I mean, it's, it's, it's why I, I did like in Spider-Island how there were so many yeah. Spider-Man costumes used you know, to appreciate what he's done as opposed to, you know... Like right. I'll never need this again. <laughs> What's your grade on it? Flat C. Flat C. We've got three C's. Now time for George. Don, you're always so goddamn negative. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay. This this is you know we look at this and you say okay there's the vulture's got a gang and yada yada and it's been done before. You know, uh, somebody pointed out on their message boards, at least they're doing something new and interesting with the character. And I said new and interesting, and then I posted a picture of the Vulturians from the 80s. Yeah, but and, the uh, first Spider-Man, I mentioned that last month. Right, yeah. and um, this was – that was back when preview art came out. What was that, three months ago? But the um, – I, I, I didn't mind. I thought I would hate them a lot more than I did, and I, I didn't. I mean they were okay. They were just you know kind of there. I mean this is really a Peter Loves Carly story. Yeah. Um, just disguised with the vulture in it, and I I don't like the new vulture design. I'm like, if he's a vulture, I don't know. I I think you need the wings. Other than other than that, he's just you know floaty man, Flo- <laughs> the floaty old man, the floater. Yeah, the floater. Um, and then that an infomercial thing, the floaty. I hope not. Sure, sure, Brad. <laughs> I'm sure so, hold on. With you being for good, now, I would find that and be like, like hey, wait, wait, 1999. There's you get one for the brand. Yep. Hold on. Uh, hold on. The floaty. You put it on your arms and you float in the water. It's called the floaty. We've had those since before I was born. I mean, yeah, you know, like like uh, water water wings. Yeah, off TV, you're kind of getting screwed. Right, I'm going back to drinking with the kingpin. Go ahead, George. All right, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) drinking with the kingpin. That's that's a new phrase, sir. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I I would like the vulture to have wings. If this gang can have wings, then I want the vulture to have wings. I I think the vulture is somebody who could be terrifying and who could be really, really, really good, um, and who could actually be a legitimate threat. Who could, you know, especially when you come, when it comes to threatening Spider-Man's supporting cast. Um, but he's never utilized right. I, and I I think here, I mean, this is this fits his modus operandi, having a gang and everything. But I, I think that somebody should take the vulture and focus more on making Adrian Toomes, not that jackass that threw up on everybody, but, but Adrian he's Toomes dead. and take him – exactly, <laughs> and, and make him more – just give him more, more heft, more strength, more weight. Get, let, let him really explore the space on evil. I think he could do it. I think he could there's – there's lost potential here that slot doesn't live up to. Um, okay, you need a pro. What's your pro? <laughs> um, the pro was the tingle I got when the water tower almost hit Carly. 
<laughs> I got that's the most excited I've been in a Spider-Man book since before since the before the Quesada verse since before the brand new verse started. Okay, what if what if they killed her? Oh, this issue. Oh. If they killed her in this issue, what what if they killed her? Oh, I, I would have had a joygasm. Um, I would have read it again. I would have had another joygasm. There would have been message board posts. Uh, you you would have given it a higher grade if they would have killed her. I you? would have given it an A. I would have given it. An a. <laughs> I'd have been like Ralphie's teacher in uh, in in Christmas Story. A plus plus plus, where she's just going right down the board with the pluses. Yeah, yeah, I'd have been like that. Uh, but unfortunately, she gets saved, and yeah. uh, that's bad. Also, my my the biggest the biggest con I have here, other than that Carly is in it so goddamn much, because Jesus, um, this artist I don't think he's ever seen Peter Parker before. Ooh. He draws as soon as Peter took off his mask, he looked more like Flash Thompson. And I don't think the colorist has ever seen the character before because the colorist gave him blonde hair. Oh, well, hell. Maybe he got confused with Ben Riley. And then, Maybe and then, he did because he looks more like Ben Riley at the beginning and at the end. Or then you know, because I say Flash Thompson because he's blonde and he has a kind of a blocky lantern jawed face. Oh, he doesn't look like Peter Parker. He's got the same hair color as Carly does on those night scenes in the morgue or whatever. Right. I mean, I, I guess we should be happy that they finally uh, – they may have decided on a hair color for Here's Carly. Here's a question that I, I addressed last month is I find the character of Carly Cooper a little bit more interesting now that she's not a love interest and is kind of a scorned ex. I think that makes her a little bit more interesting than Well, she's perfect for Peter, haven't you heard? I know. Don't you find the character a little bit more tolerable that she's an ex? That no, he's not I would find the, the character more tolerable if she was not drawing breath and was providing sustenance for worms in the ground. <laughs> I think she is more interesting, but I don't like the idea that she's so much an ex-girlfriend as she is somebody who can help him out when he's doing superhero stuff. She needs to be the next Gene DeWolf, and she needs to get shot to death. <laughs> I, I will say, though, if, if she was killed, then they would probably, like, you know, make her she – would, she would be more powerful than we could ever imagine. They would, like, talk about, oh, the, the tragic Carly. And she's Carly was, with Stacey. She was more so powerful than <laughs> – if we strike her down now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, George, I never heard your grade. What was your grade on Oh, uh, no, I'm with Don, uh, Mr. Negativity. Okay. Um, I, I'll agree with him, and I'll give this one a, a flat C. Um, I, I didn't mind the Vulture Gang so much, but Peter looking like – Somebody else Whoa. took it out of me, yeah. and I didn't like. Um, I, huh? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, there's there's a gag on page 18. If you look at where Carly's almost hit by the water tower, the license plate is five L. Oh, it's zero seven seven for slot. It's a slot. I never noticed that. Um, yeah. yeah, but I yeah I'm giving it a flat C. Didn't like the way Peter looked, uh, and uh, Carly didn't die. So yeah. <laughs> Carly didn't die. Uh, pro, like I mentioned earlier, I like the the new design web belts, but Don has a very good point about it needs to be used more. <laughs> and then just, oh, this story will work. Let's put something new in there. Um, I like the Carly. It, to me, Carly's a smidge more interesting. She went from an F to a D, in my opinion, <laughs> as a character. Um, con, I didn't really dig the art at all. Um, and it just felt slightly fillerish. It, it seems like a... A story that you would find in, like, Web of Spider-Man or a filler of spec Spider-Man back in the 80s. It just doesn't feel Amazing Spider-Man-ish, which should be, you know, the, the main book, which it, what it is. It should be life-changing, altering, etc. 
for the character, but nada. So that's I'll give it a. But we have life changing, altering every other month. Like I think that we need more, you know, done in one or like random two or three part story. That's what they did in the eighties, you know. Well, yeah, but as long as there's no guess, progression. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. It's very much a C minus book. I, I think this is a universal grade for it that everybody is uh, coming upon. So. And we'll wrap up this episode right about there. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of their great prizes is on the Ultimate Spider-Man Omnibus. This one collects a big chunk of Bendis' and Bagley's run. It has issues number one, the 39, and the half issue from Wizard. And it clocks in at 1,000 pages. The cover prize is 100 bucks. Mail Order has it for just $61.99 which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>